and welcome to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkinson, and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Joining the show this week, as ever, we've got Paul Whiteside. Not keeping Britain warm this evening, Paul. How have you been? I know he said as ever there. I've not been on, have I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been all right, buddy. Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. Uh, busy and that. He's starting to quieten up a bit of work now, so should be a bit more available, hopefully, in the future now. And what have you? But yeah, I'm doing all right. How are you? Yeah, good. Good. My fitness diabetes regime is going quite well. 18-2 now away. I've lost about a stone and a half in six weeks, which is pretty good. No exercise, not like yourself. But yeah, going in the right direction, I think. Yeah, good. Sounds good. That's a, that's a good amount of weight to, to lose that in a short space of time, really, isn't it? You've just got to uh, keep at it. Now, what's that from? Is that from healthy eating and yeah. dieting and what have you? No carbs. No carbs, right. no bread, no chips. Uh, just no carbs, really. But what it is, I'm not doing no carbs, no carbs. I'm just doing no major carbs, if you know what I mean. Right. Plenty of fruit and vegetables and stuff. Yeah, and all that. So... I'd like to get down, for my next target is when the, before the pandemic, where I was going to the gym, antisocial hours, three times a week mm-hmm. and all that, doing all the sweaty gym selfies and all that, what you've got to do. If you don't take a picture in the gym, do you actually go? I took three a week, so I definitely went. I got down to something like 17, 13, so I'm not too far away from that. Hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, I'll, I'll pass it. What's your goal to get to all together? Have you not decided? To be honest, I'd, I'd like to get down to about 15, maybe. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's not, it's not impossible. Yeah, it's no. not impossible, is it? I think for me, height, I think it's between is it 12 and 15. I think 12, I'd be like, I'd be skinny at 12. But 15, yeah. I'd have the, you know, the physique, some, I think. Yeah. 15 to be a, like a decent second row, I reckon. Yeah, sometimes your frame will only allow you to get to a certain weight. I mean, I'm, I walk about 13 stone really all the time, and I have dropped below before, but I couldn't. I probably couldn't get to 12. If I got to 12, so I'd look seriously ill. So <laughs> so you, you probably wouldn't get anywhere near 12, would you? But like you said, you'd look like so skinny. But uh, if you get to 15, and that, that's a big a big drop in it. And for someone mm. like you, you're tall like me. So I think, you know, when I get my weight done, mine always says between 13 and 16 stone so you get to around about that you're roughly about right aren't you yeah well, like i say that's uh, that's the goal we'll see how, how it goes but we are doing we're doing quite well quite happy with the progress so there's loads going on this week paul we're going to look back at the Huddersfield defeat we've got the reserves we've got the ladies we've got all the big news coming out of the club this week we've got your white sides world of rugby league and then we'll preview the game against the lee leopards on saturday so we'll start with the defeat against Huddersfield on Sunday. You're listening to Devil in the Detail and this is your Big Match Review. So, Salford Devils were defeated against Huddersfield Giants. They lost 16 points to 26. Obviously, a tough game. Huddersfield are a playoff side. We're struggling with injuries and unfortunately Huddersfield just had enough to get them over the line Yeah, to be honest I thought they had us at arm's length for most of the game really Rob I think the amount of possession they had they could have won about three matches but for me if you're an Huddersfield supporter I'd be, be chuffed with one they'd won but I think you'd be a bit worried because they had that much ball in that game and they, and they didn't really create much they're very very conservative aren't they and mm. very sort of safety first which is good 
but they don't give a lot away. They defend really well, but I think for them, if they want to win anything this season, they're probably going to have to play a bit more expansive than what they played because you're not going to win a championship playing like that. But but for Salford, yeah, it was a mixture of things really. I think the squad is catching up with us at the moment. The injuries and and things and like Tyler Dupree are going to have to do massive minutes. There's certain players who look like they're carrying bits of knocks and. And what have you? And we're a bit low, aren't we? At the moment, Joe Burgess went off as well and got injured. So then it got shifted around again. Matt Costello played on the wing. So, so yeah, Paul Rowley's having to shuffle his back a bit at the moment. And and let's have it right. Huddersfield are a good side, so we're not. They're not going to give anything away. So uh, we wasn't a million miles off. I mean, we give a real comedy try away, didn't we? That first try Huddersfield scored. So if you take that six points off, it's only four points then, and two points with a penalty goal. So there wasn't a lot in the game really. I think. Huddersfield deserved it, but I think our effort was top-notch. We just didn't have the numbers, really, and a bit like the Wigan game. Yeah, that first try, Golden, a try error. I think a mix-up between, I think it was Stone and, and Mark Sneed. Ball goes down, they scoop up and score. And obviously, in these kind of games, you can't give points away like that. Obviously, in playoff conditions, it is a bit of a sickener. But like you said, we were in the competition. We did defend for long periods. Huddersfield had the ball a lot, I thought. But we did obviously test them. They went 8-0 up with a penalty after interception. Raised back, we conceded a penalty to stop the try and they kicked it to make it 8-0. And then we got on the board, chain right try. Lovely assist from Mark Sneed. And we were back in the contest at 6-8. Yeah, it was a good try. That Shane Wright's been been playing pretty well recently, hasn't he? And uh, and yeah, we did. We got back into the game there. Then obviously, Huddersfield scored not long after that to to nudge themselves in front. And with them having that two point from the penalty goal, he's back to fourteen points to six. There was a stage. I think it was in the second half. I think it was sixteen ten. I'm sure it was sixteen ten to Huddersfield, and we got the ball back. I think we got uh, Rome. I think Huddersfield knocked on in their own half, and we had a set of six. And I thought, right, this could be it. Now we could get level here. And Shane Wright caught with a knock, and I think it was a tackle from Matty English, the Huddersfield prop. It was a cracking tackle on Wright, and he lost the ball, and and that was it after that. So there was big moments in the game, like the the gift try we give him, and like that knock on that just didn't go our way on Sunday. And Huddersfield did the the little things right, really, didn't they? Did the basics right, and and, and just did enough. So uh, so yeah, it was disappointing, really. Yeah, the, the trout try, the first try for him was the killer, I thought, on our time. Good try, good shift from left to right. Sucked us in. We couldn't get across quick enough and he, he did the rest. So we went in half-time, down 6-14 and obviously, Huddersfield a difficult team to play against. Like you say, it's all calculated. It's all keep the ball, play your sets out and try and squeeze a team and when you're behind, Paul, it's a bit difficult to turn that round, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is, and really, they're achieving a bit Huddersfield because when you look at the team that they've got, you know, Will Price was on there. They had Jake Connor on there. You know, Tui Lollerier came on. They've got an awful lot of pivots there. That Russell as well is a decent player, and uh, got a lot of pivots, got a lot of creativity, a lot of creativity players, and they don't seem to create that much really. They don't seem to work. I, I think with being Watson, Huddersfield coach, I don't think he's found. His best side, yeah, I think he's still tinkering a bit, isn't he, and trying to work out who he wants where and does he want Lollar here at full-back. You know, obviously, Connor can play there as well. Will Price can play there. They can all play half-back. So, I think he's trying to work that out. But for us, it was a shame, really, because there was an awful lot of effort went into that match. And then, obviously, you lost Joel Burgess at the start of the second half. He had to shift Matty Costello to the wing, like I said before. And to be honest with you, he scored a good try in Matty Costello. Mm. It was a good finish, that. I like to sing Matty's praises because I think he's played twice this season. 
uh, the Wakefield game and, and Sunday's game, and I think he's been great. I think he's shown an awful lot of enthusiasm. He's been solid in defence, and and he, is, he deserves his chance in the team. I know it's come at Tim Lafay's injured, and it's, it's a shame for Tim, but you know, one door closes and one opens, doesn't it? So, in a funny way, I hope Matty gets a good run in the team. Now, not that I want Tim Lafay to be out injured, but I'd like Matty to get a good run in the side now because I think he deserves it. But but no, that was a shame with Joe Bird just because. I don't know if Paul Rowley said anything to you in the press conference, but is he going to be out, Rob? Or are we I think not? he said it's a muscle injury, and I don't think he's fit for this week. But then he'd say Tim Lafayette wasn't going to be fit when he turned up. So I think he's borderline. I think Andy Akers is borderline as well. So it's uh, it's difficult, isn't it, when you've got a lack of bodies and games coming thick and fast. Uh, obviously, Huddersfield are a good team as well. And you could tell, obviously, Paul... Rowley was a bit sort of gutted that he didn't have a full squad to pitch against this field because I think you know if we did have a, a full team that was fit we, we'd have we'd have run them pretty close. Yeah, that's a frustrating thing. I mean, we run them pretty close anyway. We lost yeah. ten points, didn't we? And as I said, one of them tries was a gift. But you look at the players. I mean, we saw the players coming out on Sunday didn't we, when we was having a chat, and you know you've got Oliver Partington walking out there, and you've got Andy Eckers. You've got Alex Gerrard. There's there's three players. Tim Lafayette, mm-hmm. another one. Who we're really missing. You take your hooker out and you, you lose forward and a player as good as Gerrard as well. Out of any side, they, they're struggling. But a side that's got only a small squad like us, those three are a big miss for us. And I think if them three had played or them four had played at the, the weekend, we probably would have beat Huddersfield. So yeah, that's, that's the worry going into this game on, on Saturday against Lee. They seem to be... I know they got beat against Wigan, but they've got a bit of a confidence now and their the tail's up a little bit. So it's important that we get back on the arse, really, because what you don't want now is more injuries and, and to start spiral out of control. So uh, at the moment, we're hanging on in there, aren't they? And the role is doing it tough. But as we'll say in the news, we've lost another player, haven't we, this mm. week in Ryan Lannan. So the squad's getting, getting smaller and smaller. Yeah. So, like you said, second half started. Joe Burgess went off. We had a bit of a shuffle around. Costello went on the wing. Sam Stone went into the centre. Obviously, he's played out of position there, Paul. I've never seen him up close. We talked to him after the game and interviewed him after the game. He's massive. I think I put him in the same area as like Joe Burgess. Huge. Classic on the field. All the players blend in with each other because everyone's massive. But in normal life, I saw him before. wow, you're huge, aren't you? Who's that, Sam Stone? Yeah. Yeah, he's a tall lad. And hmm. I tell you what, he doesn't carry any weight though. He's absolutely ripped, isn't he? There's yeah. no, um, I wouldn't say he's skinny, but he's, he's there's no fat on him at all. He's like you know a real athlete, and uh, I, I thought that when I saw him walk out. And uh, yeah, he's quite a serious looking fellow as well, isn't he? But <laughs> yeah. no, I think he's uh, he's impressed me. He's he's worked hard. He's a good tackler, isn't he? I mean, he's still finding his feet in the team. He's not played that much as he yet. So we would like to see him a bit more, you know, running out wide a bit more, uh, doing the, the same sort of job that Shane Wright does. But I think, you know, his defence is pretty solid and he's, he's a good acquisition to the squad. Yeah. So Costello scored. Huddersfield got a penalty with Russell to make it 16-10 them. And then Trout scored his second misread in the Salford defence and Trout found an edge and he went over to make it 22-10 and put clear blue C between the two teams. Yeah, there's a big gap there, wasn't there? That he went through. I think is it Matt English who put him through that mm. gap? And uh, yeah, it was poor defending. I thought from that we didn't really read that situation. And yeah, he went over for his second try, and that was good night Vienna. Really, wasn't we? weren't really going to come back from that. I know Callum Watkins got a late try. It was probably one of the tries of the game actually. That the 
we kept the ball alive there, didn't we, from that piece of play. It went through a few pairs of hands and Callum got the try. And I, th- I think we deserved that score towards the end of the game. I don't think there was a lot of points in it. I mean, 10 points for Huddersfield, yeah, probably they probably deserved it. I think they were the better team on the day. They were a lot more organised than we were and they took the chances. And I think they'll do that to a lot of teams this season. I think they'll wear teams down, won't they? And they'll, they'll nail you. You know, you, you give a penalty away and they'll take it. They'll take the points on offer, won't they? And like I said before, they might not win the league playing like that, but you'll probably win more games and you lose, won't you? So, but as for us, the disappointing thing for me was we played three home games this season: Wakefield, OKR, and Huddersfield, and we've been pretty flat in all three of them. If you think back to the OKR game, we didn't play that well; mm. we was a bit scratchy. The Wakefield game, you can give Wakefield credit; they played all right, didn't they? But it was a poor performance by our standards, wasn't it? And then, especially after the whole game the week before, we come back and served up against Wakefield, and then the Huddersfield game. So, I think in front of our home supporters. It, we're crying out for a good performance, aren't we? Yeah, I, I see where you're coming from with that, Paul. I think Ryan Briley said something today like, in the stats, we score every five tackles when we're in the opposition half, which kind of is the, the problem for us, is getting to their half for me. Huddersfield did, did a number on us. We just struggled to break out. The last 15 minutes when we were chasing the game, we promoted the ball a bit and we, and we asked a lot of questions, but you're chasing the game and you can't play like that all the time, even though Rowley Ball is a form of creative way of playing rugby league. But when you're chasing the game, it's a different kind of feeling, it? and I don't think we can play that way all the time. No, you can't. That, that's where you need your pack to get on top and, and for me Huddersfield beat us up in the forward really we, we never really won that arm wrestle so you, mm. you, you kick in you kick on the last tackle isn't really going anywhere is it because you're not turning the full back round because you're too far away he's picking the ball up and running the ball back and by, by the time you tackled him he's on the halfway line so we were never getting that, that, that sort of territory and I don't know what you can blame that on at the moment, really, because I said before about Tyler Dupree, he seems to be working his socks up, doing massive minutes. Yeah, Jack Armour, right? I think the second half he came on, he never touched the ball and he went off again. So I don't know whether he's carrying a bit of an injury. I don't know whether play, certain players are carrying injuries, but you can't expect to lump all the work on, on one or two players in the pack. The whole pack's got to work and you'll find that out this weekend. Lee are going to throw the kitchen sink at us on Saturday. So if our forwards aren't up for it, that game will be one of the forwards on, on Saturday against Lee. There's no doubt about that. We've got to get on top in the pack. We've got to muscle up. And, you know, against Huddersfield, they've got a rough pack there. That's a Chris Hill and that Trout, I thought, had a good game. And Matty English as well. And as soon as they got on top of us, they win that arm wrestle. You're halfway there. Mm. Uh, we spoke to Paul Rowley, Sam Stowe, Matt Costello, Callum Watkins and Shane Wright after the game and this is what they had to say. Coach's corner. Real arm wrestle today, Paul, in defeat. Yeah, it was a, it was, like I say, it was a tussle for pretty much most of the game so uh, we've got no dramas there. It's, 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 like I say, it's a, it's a sign of our progression that probably we wouldn't have been comfortable in that arm wrestle and uh, we know that Huddersfield build the game on on uh, on field position and, and, and being good statistically, uh, and I, th- I thought we'd challenge that today ourselves. So to do that, you have to bend your back and be prepared to work hard. So uh, I don't think we lacked character. Yeah, at any point. Territory is a, a problem, obviously getting out of your twenty against the people field pack. Uh, well, like I said, I don't think today was uh, we was camped in our own twenty for long periods of time. 
Uh, I think they shaded it. Uh, I think every game they've won up to today was they've had over 56% possession. Uh, I think today they were on 52, which is probably the lowest possession they've had. So to to, to create that stat, then you've got to be willing to bend your back, and, and we and we were prepared to do that. So, like I said before, I thought we challenged them in every area. Yeah, good to get Ben Halliwell back and Andrew Dixon in. Obviously, players coming back must be good with you. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and and again. You know, a bit like a bit like we spoke about there with Danny Bennett, Benny Elliwell. He got short minutes, uh, but you know that's that's the way it's got to be. Ideally, he'd have got two, three games out on loan or dual. But uh, I, th- I thought he came in and give and did what Ben does. Uh, you know, he's uh, he's a character who, who just gives everything to the cause and uh, never lets anybody down. So really pleasing for him and really pleasing for Dicko as well too. Like we said before, get his second debut. It was good for him. Any any injuries? Anyone due back next time? Just budget, so no, uh, not sure if anyone's back for next week as of yet. So as it stands, no. Uh, but again, our medical staff's working really hard to. I'm pushing them uh, every every day really to uh, to to try and create some magic for us. Brilliant, cheers, Paul. Cheers. Right, Paul already joins me. Um, I've just listened to you speak to Trevor there. Yeah. I'm not going to ask you the same thing. <laughs> how, how do you go on with that today? I mean, it was tough, wasn't it? I mean, you're missing quite a lot of bodies at the moment. Quite a lot of people are out missing. You're doing it tough at the moment, aren't you? Yeah, um, absolutely. But uh, the, the lads put a shift in. I thought it was a good arm wrestle. It was a good game. Um, I thought both teams played well. Um, and, and you know, it was a it was a real good arm wrestle. So uh, um, unfortunately, we didn't come out on the right side of it. But uh, we weren't far off. No, one or two mistakes, particularly the try in the first half. Ashton Gould did score. One or two mistakes there. But other than that, how do you, you know, go about the game? And I thought Matty Costello came in and did well, didn't he? Again, scored another good try. He did. Uh, I thought it was, uh, you, you said one or two mistakes, but we were at uh, mid 90s, going towards like 10, 15 minutes left of the game. So that's really high completion. You know, they, they were down. We challenged them on, uh, statistically, which is important against Huddersfield, who build a game around that. Um, so. That was overall with with the ball and defensively quite a disciplined performance. But uh, we just switched off at a couple of moments. Like I said, the, the error in the first half allowed them to pick up the scraps and score a really soft try, uh, and they got a soft try there. But the, at the end in the in the corner, what should have been cleaned up. So uh, yeah, yeah, but again, uh, Matty gives you what he gives. He tries hard. Um, he, he's not a winger. He he, he he went on the wing for for Budgie. Obviously losing Budgie. Stoney to centre, Dicko to back row. So people out of position. Uh, in contrast, they bring two on for for Price. You know, so yeah. that's probably a start reminder of the two uh, the two clubs' resources and ability to uh, you know have have uh, you know a, a full and wholesome squad of uh, quality quality players. I've just seen one or two of the players coming out. Like, like uh, Jenna coming out and Andy Ackers, and I've just been admiring them, asking them when they're coming back. So you have got a few missing. Joel Burgess went off. What can you tell us? What Joel went off with? Because I wasn't too sure. I think it was an ab injury. Uh, mus- it was muscular. It wasn't. Uh, so yeah, he was, he was just struggling to move. Um, so yeah, we, we we kept him out there as long as we could, but. Uh, he succumbed to that two minutes just before half time he, he couldn't move so we had to get him off it's been a tough couple of weeks for him it was a, it was yeah. a battle last week at Wigan wasn't it a real yeah. brutal game there a, a brutal game against a big Huddersfield side you must be pleased with the way the, the players are playing though because it, it was tough out there wasn't it yeah I can't, I, I can't complain about the character of them um, uh, at all I think uh, I think they're working really hard and uh, with again with limited resource and, and, and you your, your training is is, uh, is limited in terms of what you can do there with with the lack of numbers. So uh, I can't ask any more of them at all. I think uh, you know we, we but we'll we'll continue to 
to work harder uh, because you know we've got our expectations of ourselves. Have you got any bodies coming back next week for Easter? Not that I know of. Are you glad it's only one game at Easter? Um, I'm not fussed. Like I said before, I think you've, you've, you've got the gist of where, how, we, how we go about our business now. We just roll with the punches. So if, we, if we're worried about what we've not got too often, then uh, you know we'll, we'll, have a, we'll have a mental breakdown. So we just worry about uh, what's next, who we've got, and just crack on. Lay away. Have you seen any improvements in, in Lee? They, they seem to have been playing really well recently, don't they? I know they were beaten against Wigan in the, in the week, but they, they seem to have improved since you met them on the opening day of the season. Well, I thought they were good on the opening day. Um, I, I, I thought I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, necessarily say they've improved. You know, they lost by 36 points was it at the weekend against Wigan. So uh, I thought they were good on day one, and I still think they're good. So uh, nothing's changed there. Going to Lee's always a tough prospect, um, and and ultimately. You know, there's a lot made about them finding their feet in Super League, but they're a team full of Super League and NRL internationals, so I don't, I don't buy into that uh, at all. They're, uh, you know, they're a very, very good team and, uh, and a well-coached team, so with some star quality, um, and, and you know, and confident as well. So uh, that, you know, that's, that's a bit of a, a dangerous combination for us, and one we'll have to be, uh, we'll have to be ready for. Good looking training this week, Paul. I'll see <laughs> you next Saturday, buddy. Thank you. So I'm joined by uh, Callum Oxen. With Callum Oxen, defeat today. How'd you feel? Obviously disappointed. Um, full credit to Huddersfield. I thought they played really well. I, and you know they they really based their game on doing the simple stuff right. And uh, I thought they they handled the the conditions and the, they were disciplined in what they did. Uh, I think for us, we're in the ground, we're in the battle, uh, which is the positive. I think it, it, we made positive. Uh, Steps, especially from last year, and uh, you know we're right in the game. But I think we we just got to manage the game a little bit better. And uh, you know if we can get on top of that, we can we can get on top of these results. What's it like in the arm wrestle? Obviously, it being a being a second row in the forwards, it's, it must be hard work. That it is it is hard work. But you know if we want to be competing for for trophies and silverware, you've got to be able to to deal with them situations. Um, I thought we did a lot at the time. We're in the game. I think at times, especially when we had the ball, we should we should have been a lot better in terms of building a little bit more pressure on on Huddersfield. And uh, I thought they handled it pretty well, uh, Huddersfield at times in in D. But we just needed to keep being patient and just didn't think we were patient enough uh, in that in that second half, especially. What was the mood like in the changing room after? Sad, gutted. Yeah, a bit of a mixture. A bit of a mixture. I think we were the positive side of it was you know we were right in the game, but. Obviously, we don't want to lose, and um, you know we're really disappointed, especially at home as well. Uh, you know, the fans got really right behind us, so like they always do. Um, you know they deserve better. So for us, we 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 got a pretty quick turnaround now. Obviously, we're going to play on Saturday against Lee, uh, which is another tough game for us. Um, we'll work on the things that we need to work on uh, and, and progress well, and uh, we'll look forward to next week. Brilliant. Cheers, Callum. Good luck. So we're joined by uh, Sam Stone. Defeat today. How do you feel? I oh, made obviously disappointed. Um, felt like we were in that game for most of it, and uh, you know should have probably come out with a win. But you know they played well. Credit to them. How was it? Was it like filling in at centre in that second half? Uh, it's not my uh, you know my go-to position, but you know that's what I need to do for the team. I'm happy to do it. Yeah, obviously Lee next week opportunity to bounce back. Yeah, yeah. You know they're they're going not too bad themselves, so it's definitely not going to be an easy game and. When you've got Lee at Lee, you know, the fans come in, in bunches. So, um, you know, excited for it and, you know, good chance to quickly bounce back. How do you think your season has gone so far? Personally yeah. or... Um, we'll start with that and you can talk about the team. Um, I, think, I think I haven't played my best so far. You know, I'm still still trying to find my feet a little bit. But, 
you know, coaches are coaches have helped me, and I, I think I think I can get back to some good form soon. What's well, Paul Ryan like as a coach? Yeah, I'm enjoying him. You know, it's an expansive style, and I still need to learn a little bit about the way he plays. And um, you know, hopefully we can improve going forward. Yeah, and obviously the team, obviously to defeat, defeat today, but playing some good stuff. Yeah, yeah, I think I think we're playing good footy in patches. So, um, you know, I think we're letting them, letting teams off the hook a little bit and not finishing our sets great sometimes. And I think that kind of sums up probably the last two weeks. Brilliant. Cheers and uh, good luck. So I'm joined by Shane Wright. Defeat today. How'd you feel? Uh, pretty frustrated, really, but um, I thought we were in it. It was a good arm wrestle. They just um, there's a few moments there where they just got over the top of us. So, like I said, frustrating, but uh, we can build on it. Getting all the lines are positive, though. Yeah, definitely. It's always good to score a try. So, um, nah, the, the halves did a good job for me, uh, putting me through some space there. What do you think your performance is so far this season? Um, good. Uh, I think it's been a lot more consistent for me personally this year. And I think that's just getting a year to adjust to the climate and how people play and all that. So I definitely feel a lot more comfortable out there. Yeah, Lee next week, opportunity to bounce back. Yeah, definitely. They're, they're going really well, uh, I think, as well. It's a similar uh, position to us, so it should be a big game, and um, we're excited for it. Brilliant. Cheers, talk to us. Thank Good you. luck. Right, delighted to see Matt Costello joins me. He's tried to score a few weeks ago, and a spectacular try today. You're not known for being a winger, but finished that well. Uh, yeah, do, do a bit of work on finishing in the week. Um, didn't really have a clue what I was doing on the wing, to be honest, but uh, yeah, it was nice to sneak in and got the how tough was it out there today? Just talking to Paul Rowe there, they're a very, very physical side. I was really came out short in that game. You had to work really hard though, didn't you? Yeah, we did. Uh, they were really physical. Um, we struggled a bit to handle it. Uh, Burgess went off injured very early. I know a lot of the boys carried knocks, struggling. and Yeah, they were really physical, good team today. There seems to be low on, low on numbers at the moment. Are you, yeah. you, like, personally, are you glad you're only playing one game at East? I think two games would probably take it out of this squad a bit, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would, we're, we're a bit short. Everyone knows we've got a few injuries at the minute. Um, but everyone's rallying and, and we're trying. and we're, We've not come up too short today. Uh, and hopefully we'll build on that next week. And keep With Tim Lafayette still out injured, you, you possibly should be in the side again next week. You, hopefully you'll be in the centre rather than on the wing. Yeah. If you can get somebody back on the wing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we got Reese Williams and see how Joe Burton as well. Hopefully, I can stay that centre. That's where I'm used to playing and, and help the team get some wins. Yeah. Thanks for speaking to us, mate. Lovely. Thanks, Paul. So that was Paul Rowley, Sam Stone, Matty Costello, and Shane Wright. Paul talking to us after the game, and obviously all disappointed, frustrated that they couldn't get a result. Yeah, I think Matty Costello's the shortest that we've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was, he was chuffing his try and that. I don't think he, he mustn't have spoken to me before. Or, I think I'm sure I spoke to Matty before, but he might have been a bit nervous, but a nice lad. And I uh, wished him all the best for this week. We had Paul Rowley disappointed as well. And, you know, he's doing it tough at the moment. I was listening. It's funny sometimes because Trevor Hunt did his interview with him first and you're always a bit wary. You don't want to ask the same questions as what Trevor had asked. And it was difficult, really, because when you've lost the game, you've sort of got to go over the negative things, haven't you, and what they've done in, in the match. And you try and keep positive, really. And I know Paul always does try and keep positive and keep positive spin on things. Yeah, and that's I suppose that's an important thing because he is the figurehead. Any he needs to defend his players and, and support his players. The media is a big thing. What he says is broadcast out on Radio Manchester on BBC, and it's, it's important that he he sends the right message out to everybody, to the supporters, to his players, and, and everyone else who's listening. 
Yeah, of course it is. You don't want to be too negative, and especially this sort of this time in the season. I like I said to you before, you're only ever sort of two weeks away from a crisis, aren't you? Any sort of sporting club, so you've just got to keep your feet on the ground and, and keep working, haven't you? You get a couple of wins and investing since last spread again, aren't you? So mm-hmm. that's how how sort of funny sport is sometimes. So going through a bit of a tough time at the moment, but I think you got to look back to last season. If you, I can't remember the stats, but I've got my stat book here. I'll have to have a look actually. Just just look at the first ten games, first ten that dozen game we played last year I don't think we've won that many and then we came home with a wet sail in the second half of the season didn't we so and we if you remember right that good run we had we had a real settled side and, and, mm. and no injuries so hopefully we can get like injuries and bits and bobs out of the way in the early part of the season and as players come back you're going to find that you start playing you know getting better results again but injuries are going to play a massive part when you've only got a small squad and I think me and you said that didn't we at the start of the season it's going to be tough but especially at the weekend you had I think Ben Elliwell came in and Andrew Dixon came in. And credit to him, they, 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 they put the, a shift in. But neither of them have really played yet this season. So they've got to find the feet. They've got to get a match fitness as well. So uh, that's difficult when you've got injuries. Yeah, it is. And obviously, you know, you, you, you're talking about getting match fit and, and sort of lack of bodies. And um, it is an issue. But I suppose flip it over the other side, like you said, back end of the season, business end of the season, these players who have been out for a period of time will be fresher than hopefully some of our opponents because they'd have had a long, hard season. So in the mix or later on in the season, we may have a bit more juice in our tank, you'd hope. Yeah, let's hope so. Let's hope so. I mean, it's funny really, isn't it? I mean, the other week we got 60 points at, at Hull. Nobody really says anything about injuries then or players who got <laughs> yeah. missing. And we had quite a few players missing for that game. So uh, you only sort of highlight when, you, when you're when losing, don't you? But but yeah, I get where you're coming from. Hopefully we can, we can sign some players. I don't know if we can, but if we could get one or two players in on loan, I think it'd help us, wouldn't it? Uh, just to bolster the squad slightly. But, uh, but no, I don't think it's time to worry at the moment. I don't think we're doing too bad. Yeah, yeah, I said to Paul Rowley today, Easter's is all about miracles in it, so we'll, we'll have to wait and see what happens with with people coming in. Talking about stats now, Paul, top tacklers, Callum Watkins, 33, Jack Armoroyd, 19, Sam Stone, 18, Tyler Dupree, 28, Chris Atkin, 31, and Shane Wright, 24, forwards putting in a shift. Yeah, there's some good numbers there, isn't there? So, some good numbers and uh, usual suspects as well, putting some, some good defensive stints in. Yeah. Meter makers, Ken C O 113, Callum Watkins 97, Brody Croft 127, King Bunny Ayawa 94, Tyler Derpre 83, Shane Wright 100, and Dion Cross 108. That yeah, surprised me there. Tyler Dupree didn't get 100 and I thought he'd have got more than that because he seemed to play massive minutes and he was always taking the ball up. So uh, I find that a, a funny stat with, with Tyler. But yeah, there's some good numbers in there again. Probably not as many as you would like to get over the 100, like you say. But that's probably down to the fact that we were beating up a bit in the forwards, weren't we, by uh, that tough Huddersfield pack. Mm, but it shows the work rates there because Callum Watkins, Tyler yeah. Dupree and Shane Wright are in both. So the forwards yeah. are grafting aren't they? They're just in yeah. a difficult situation where they're playing against a bigger set of forwards and we've got lack of bodies to replace and rest and recuperate, if that makes sense. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I don't think you could question the effort. I thought the lads put a massive effort in. It was the same the week before. Don't think I was on the show the week before. I was after we played Wigan and 
I thought they worked the socks off at Wigan and just came up short in that game. That was a massive effort, and I come away from that game, you know, feeling a bit sick, really. I'm feeling a bit sorry for the players because he's tough on them when they, when they give everything, and then you just come up short at the end. And they did in that game. Wigan turned it on with like Sir Bevan French and, and Jai Field. Look at that game on Sunday, Huddersfield. Will Price gets injured. They go to the subs bench and call two two Will here on. So. <laughs> It just shows the the riches that, that Huddersfield have got really to be able to field players like that on the bench. So that was that was ideal for them really. So uh, whereas we were struggling. Yeah, big thanks for your three word match reports and man of the matches. Trev needs some grunt, right? Andy Roberts, boring, boring. Watson, Watkins, Mike Singleton. Like you said, three home games, two straight through. He agrees with you, obviously about our home farm. Yeah, I mean, my dad was saying that to me last week. He said, I don't know what it is. We seem to be playing miles better away from home. Whether, is it a bit of pressure? Do the players feel a bit of pressure? No, the crowds have been increasing a bit. Is it a bit more expectation? I'm not so sure. I don't know. Don't really buy into that. Perhaps it's just the opposition. I mean, Wakefield came and were absolutely desperate, weren't they, to, to, to get a performance. And we won that game. So, you know, wins a win. Uh, I think the whole KR game, Perhaps you're being, we're being a bit dismissive to all care because you look at them so far this season, they've been pretty good. Uh, I saw a bit of their game against Leeds last week and they won that game. I think they've won four so far this season, so they're no mugs. I mean, then Huddersfield are a decent side as well, so we shall see. We shall see in the, the upcoming weeks to see. I'm sure we'll start picking up some wins at home. Yeah, I was thinking maybe that obviously teams know that we've rallied ball. We like to sort of move the ball around early in the set. So if they're slowing the game down, we aren't getting quick play the balls, we're not making metres up the field, then we have to resort to kicking it long and hoping to force an error. So it's a difficult situation where maybe we need a plan B, but with a lack of bodies, then plan B is a bit more, a bit like plan A, uh, really, but mm. just with different men. To be honest with you, I, don't, I didn't want to say this, but I think perhaps teams are starting to work us out a little bit because mm. I was thinking that on, on Sunday I was watching, there's a couple of times where we tried to do that move with Ryan Briley and Huddersfield stamped on it straight away. They knew where Briley was going. They knew where Croft was going. And Ian Watson's no mug. When he was at Salford, we used to say this, didn't we? He studies the game. He'll have been watching tapes and videos. He knows exactly how Salford play. He knows where Croft's going to be. He knows where Snead's going to be. Teams do their own work. You know, coaches aren't stupid. They're not just figureheads who come on the telly and give an interview. They study the game. They know what's going on. That's, that's their job. Their job is to win that game for their team. And I think it's up to us to, like you said, come up with a plan B. You've got to do different things. You can't become a one-trick pony, can you? You've got to be able to suss your, your opponent. It's like any sport. You get an opponent. Say you're a, a boxer or whatever. You get an opponent. You know what he's going to do. You've got to sort of counteract what he's doing and, and do something else, haven't you? So, you know, any good sportsman will do that. So that's up to us and Kurt Agatee and Paul Roller to, to find a way to start in this Saturday to beat Lee. Yeah. Nicholas Fletcher lost arm wrestle right. Tom Kitchen couldn't get foothold right. Stuart Smart not our day right. Luke Keane, extra man team, Tyler Dupree. Chairman Bob, second best Salford, Ken Seo. Rick Andrew, we need reinforcements, Dupree. Patrick Conley, we got strangled. Atkin, I suppose he's, the way Huddersfield play is you are kind of suffocated, really. KDL for pure effort. Tyler Dupree Mike Murphy out of steam Watkins Louise Woodward Styles smartest team one Atkin Ricky P and his dogs in sale uh, I saw Ricky P a couple of weeks ago Paul did I tell you about when I saw him on a crossroads in sale 
Um, you've told me about him before that you've, you've seen him before. I saw him in being once, but I saw him on a, in a crossroads in sale in the sort of the main drag, and he was on one side of the road, and I was on the other side, and I spotted him and waved, and we started shouting over the road to each other about Salford with cars driving either way. So I'm not sure what he got and what I got, but I think he was quite. He was sort of seven out of ten so far this season, on what he's seen, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with a lot of the people on the, the free were match reports there. I mean, not yeah, all the, the players, yeah, I think you've been mentioned that they are worthy of it. But the, the things people are saying, you know, uh, I, I totally get where they're coming from, really. We were second best and, you know, we just we need to get some improvement. Yeah, there was a lot of cars, though, so it might have been something totally different. <laughs> Colin Wilson, injuries killing us, Derpre. Matt Young, lack of props, right? Dr... Gareth Lyons, forwards, no devil. Anita Borden, Cold Stone, OSF, no forward penetration. Dupree, I suppose the way our whole pack is, you're looking for edges. Rally ball isn't about driving down the middle. It's about finding retreating defenders or lazy defenders to attack. So we're not going to be looking for penetrating down the middle because we haven't got the forwards to do that. No, and I think when we played all. We, we had the forwards running out wide, didn't we? If you mm. remember that game, Shane Wright had, had a field day, didn't he? In that game, he scored two tries. And that's the way I, I like us to play, getting the ball in the channels and, and running running like that. I don't think we've got the size to, to trundle teams up the middle, really, mm. have we? I mean, we've got Dupree on there, and when you've got Adam Sidlow fit, he, he can do that job for us. But no, I think the way we play is, is mobility, isn't it? A mobile pack that moves the ball and, and we get about. And I think... That's the brand of rugby you want to see. I mean, there's far too many teams who who play that robotic sort of style of rugby, don't they? And, and I think we've got that reputation now as as the entertainers, and and, and I think that's the, the the best brand we can play. Yep, Natalie Taylor, too many injuries. CEO Dom Hall missing. Big Tim Atkin, CNR silly errors again. Your mate Royal, a lack of ideas. Tyler Dupree and uh, Dave Parker, another close game. So. Yeah, obviously a mix of players on there. Derpree got the most, really, but Wright was mentioned as well, Atkin as well. So, obviously, working hard, and you can't ask for anything more than that, can you, really? No, of course you can't. You couldn't really come away from that game on Sunday and go, oh, he didn't try, or he didn't do this, he didn't do that. They did, and you come away from the match disappointed and deflated that that they've lost because, as a supporter, I mean, speaking for myself here, you feel sorry for him. You think they put all that effort in there. Like the Wigan game, I came away for the Wigan game feeling gutted mm. because they work so hard and it's such a difficult place to go and win a game that away from home there and, you know, 15, 10 minutes away from a win. You're unlucky and I think the same against Huddersfield, really. They're, they're a decent side. They spent a lot of money, you know, just mentioned before, bringing Tui Laurie off the bench for Will Price, quality players, Jake Connor in the team, and Russell's a good player as well. So they've got some real quality in there and we weren't a million miles off. We weren't far behind them at all, really. So I think with a fully fit side, we're a match for anybody. I think we can beat any team in the league on our day, the 13, you know, the full 13, but it's just where they're going to, we're going to be able to have that because it's a it's tough. Super League's tough for full season when you've only got 25, 26 players, if if that really. So it's going to be hard for us. Yep. Let's move on to the reserves. They played Bradford away last weekend and went down 38 points to 28. Salford started well with a try from George Chanuk, but then Bradford scored 16 un- unanswered points. And then 
George Flanagan Jr. was simbined and Salford took advantage with a try from Matthew Unsworth to make it 16-10 with about 10 minutes to go. And then Bradford, um, just for half-time, got another simbin as well. And we went in, unfortunately, down 22-10. But I suppose Bradford going down to, I think it was like 11 men at one point, um, took, would have took a lot out of them out of their tank and we took advantage in that second half a little bit yeah yeah it sounds like that they scored some good tries didn't they and mm. uh, you know Jack Stevens banging over the goals as well so so yeah it's, 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 it's a difficult league isn't it the reserve league you know Bradford have got some quality players in their side there and we're sort of still finding our feet but I thought they gave a good effort didn't they a good account of themselves and probably weren't a million miles away at the end so uh, disappointing with the result but I think like the first team a great effort there and uh, it's not the end of the world it's the start of the, the reserve season so I'm sure they're going to improve Yep. Scott Egan scored assist by Matthew Rudd and then Matthew Rudd created another try for Nathan Connell. And at that point, we were 26-22 down with about 20 minutes to go. And Bradford, we're in, we're in the mixer there, but obviously they found a way, Bradford. And obviously we talk about sort of the reserves development and games like this. They'll learn a lot, won't they? And hopefully get a result next time. Yeah, of course they will. They'll learn loads from it. It's it's about getting battle hardened, isn't it? And playing in these tough contests and, and getting yourself ready. And if you're in that reserves, let's have it right, you're in it because you want to play for the first team. So that's what it's all about. You know, you want to be in there and, and being tested against the best and getting your body bashed about every week and getting yourself right. So yeah, I, I think you'll see an awful lot of improvement this season there. There's some lads who in that reserve team who who've had a taste of, of first team action, haven't they? And I'm sure they'll want that again. They'll want more. So They'll be doing the best to, to improve and get some results. Yeah, 10 minutes to go. John Hutchinson scored. Jack Stevens converted and it was 32-28. But unfortunately, I think so we're pressing at that point. We had a player putting the sim in, Finley Yates, with about five minutes to go. And Bradford took advantage and scored at the death to make it 38-28. But not too disheartened. I thought, like you say, from the information we've got, we gave them a good game. So uh, I'm sure they'll, they'll learn from that. Yeah, it sounds like it there, doesn't it? You know, got back to 32-28, that game could have gone either way then, couldn't it? And obviously you're chasing the game and that's when you come up with mistakes. And it sounds like Bradford just about had us at arm's length there at the end just to get the result. But no, I think a great effort there. And, I'm, and like you said, I'm sure they're going to keep improving. Yep. Let's move on to the ladies. They were in action on the community pitch before the Huddersfield game and they played Lee Leopards and went down to defeat eight points to 26. Uh, first half, Paul, they made a lot of errors, coughing the ball up, coming out of, I think they call it transition, between like hour 20 and maybe halfway, coughed up a lot of ball. But if you're going to cough up a lot of ball, you've got to defend well, and they did in that half an hour period in that first half that the ball get kept coming back and we kept Lee out they asked a lot of questions but the ladies stood tall and, and defended well yeah sometimes when you put that much pressure on yourself you, you can sap a lot of energy can't you doing your defending and doing your tackling and especially if you're coming out of yard is losing the ball they're right on you then aren't they so that, that probably took its toll you know throughout the match Mm. Yeah, there was no Demi Jones, so we missed the organisation. But obviously, these these preseason friendlies are there to educate players in it and see well what works and what doesn't for when the big kickoff comes. But obviously, in that first half, Lee went ten nil up, and it was a try just before half time. Went sort of from right to left, uh, went over in the corner to put them ten nil up. But like I say we've done a lot of defending, and and I think if you're going in at ten nil down after absorbing that much, you know. You, it's it's a good sign for me. Yeah, 
Yeah, you know, 10-0 not too bad when you've absorbed all that pressure and all mm. that sort of tackling, defending you've had to do. You've done all right, really, and your opposition probably should have posted more points. And, and like you said, it's it's about getting things right. It's about getting processes right. They've had new players come in. You're going to be playing in a new league this season as well. So, yeah, it's the same in with any any team. You know, the, the pre-season, you don't go into pre-season games wanting to lose the games, but... At the end of the day, it's about getting things right. You're not winning a league for, for winning a pre-season game or winning a cup or something. Are you? Nobody remembers who, who won what in pre-season, do they really? So it's about getting things right and getting yourself ironed out and ready for, for the what's going to be a really, really tough season. Yeah. Second half was much, much better. Louise Fellenham was, our, I thought, was our best sort of creative player. I thought Sam Evans was good as well. I think the forwards were, were tremendous throughout, sort of Megan Condoliffe. Serena Tamau, Darcy Price, and the new signing, Emerald Hickey, was really making big inroads into that defence. And obviously, when you get your, your forwards going forward, it gives opportunity, doesn't it? It does, it does. Just just about the opposition, Rob. Are Lee going to be... Are they a Super League side? Are they quite a fancied team? They're in our uh, division. I think they've got a new coach and they've kind of gone... I think they were like Lee Minor Rangers and they've gone into like Lee uh, Leopards. So it's kind of getting used to that sort of professional environment. And they did look quite busy, really. But like I said, you know, we absorbed a lot and I think we have to, you know, really praise our ladies for... Obviously, we coughed a lot of, lot of the lot of ball, which, which created that. But... If if you're gonna cough up ball, you need to defend, and and they did. So you can't really moan about that. They were they were fantastic defensively. I thought. Yeah, just got to stop coughing the ball up. Yeah, basically. So we had we had a bit of pressure on their line. Kate Gary went close. So did Brogan Evans. Kate Gary was like thrown his touch by four lead defenders. Brogan Evans sort of jinked away to the line, nearly went over, and then just uh, sort of maybe twenty minutes to go, we went sort of from left to right I think it might have been Louise Fellerham trying to put Helena Walker through a gap went without the ball but the ball was patted down Solver got the scrum and then direct from the scrum Louise went from right to left back across the field saw that winger Lauren Ellison was open on the on the outside looping past to her and uh, Lauren Ellison knows her way to the line and uh, that's what she did she went and scored yeah yeah but yeah like we said we've We've got improvement to make there, but uh, but some good signs as well. Some good signs in in there, and you know some good combinations and some massive efforts in there as well. So I, I think this season is going to be a test. There's no doubt about that. We've we've mentioned about the step up and moving up to the the, the Super League division and the bigger test against better opposition, and that's what the the ladies want. And I think they're going to have it tough this season, but I think they'll be relishing it. Yeah. At that point, Paul, it was 10-4. We had the wind in our sails there. Louise fell under like a, a reverse kick. Uh, I think it was Alex Simpson and Hickey were there trying to collect it. Ball sort of ev- evaded them both. One tackle later, their fullback, Lee fullback, ran 70 metres, burst our line and went under the post, which basically took sort of the wind out of us. Lee scored another long-range effort from their winger from 60 metres a couple of minutes later. But I thought in the last sort of 10 minutes, we got back in control of the game and, and asked lots of questions of Lily defence and uh, Brogan Evans got over the line in the dying seconds, little kick through by Louise Fellenham and Brogan Evans pounced on the ball to register the score. What was that, Rob? Sorry. I said Brogan Evans dived on the ball after a little kick through by Louise Fellenham to register the final score of the game. 
Yeah, and it's it's always good to get the last score, isn't it, of the, of the match? And it's the same with us at, at weekend and the, the men's team. It was even though you've lost, I think my dad always said to me, it's nice to get the last try because you go in with a smile on your face, don't <laughs> you? So, uh, so yeah, I think they're rewarded there for a lot of hard work and some improvements to be made. But there's some real, real good signs there. Yeah, and a really good following as well. Obviously, a lot of people are using the the bar area to watch it. You know, from the corner, I thought it was quite a big crowd, which will give everyone sort of excitement for the Super League season. That you know, with the opportunity to to watch the girls come along, if the the first team isn't playing, they could get quite a good crowd. Yeah, and it was a good day as well, wasn't it? Weather-wise, the weather mm. was absolutely lovely, wasn't it? The weekend and quite warm as well. And and yeah, I think people will do. I think it's vital now that they play on the same day. I think as, as the men's team, I think it's great. You can have a double header. It'd be mm. lovely to see them on the pitch as well at the Salford Stadium, as it's called now. It'd be nice to see them on there. I don't know how that works with the with the groundsman and things like that. But uh, but no, I think it's great that they're on the same day. It makes it a real occasion, doesn't it? And whether you have it on after the, the men's side or or before. I think adds to it and like you said there was a real good following there I saw I, I rolled up a bit late on Sunday but uh, but no another terrific atmosphere yeah so obviously defeat but something to hold on for the next game in a couple of weeks time uh, so that's all the reports of the matches and now we'll look and see what's happening in the world of Sulphur Devils so we'll start Paul, with the Building of the Future Day, which is Castleford at home. If you're part of a school or a youth group or some kind of organisation that wants to get involved, you've got till Friday to contact the club and get your tickets because obviously they do need to have a deadline, don't they, Paul, to get organised. And it's important. We've had a couple of these Building for the Future Days and they've had a good turnout, so we're hoping for more of the same this time around. Yeah, it's a Thursday night, that Castleford game, isn't it? So, mm. yeah, the nights are getting a bit lighter now, aren't they, with the clocks going forward and things like that. And Thursday nights, I suppose, isn't too bad. You know, if, you've, if you're a kid at school and you behave yourself all week, you can. I'm sure you can have a late night Thursday and you'll get up for school on Friday, won't you? So. <laughs> but, yeah, I think there'll be a big crowd there again for that. I think they've worked really well these these days, haven't we? We've had a lot of school kids there and youngsters going to their matches. They've really taken to it, haven't they? And it'd be great to see them in that East Stand again if they, if they put them all in there and really cheer the team on. And, you know, last season it was really great to see the players spending time signing autographs and things like that. I think, you know, it's a real good thing to do. So it should be another exciting night, that. Yeah, the way we kind of run as a club, we want to be a community club, don't we? So it's important, obviously, these days are taken up by the community. I'm sure we've done our groundwork. We've got, we're into schools, we're into sport clubs, aren't we? The baton to a, a new generation of fans because it's all about finding the youth, isn't it? To be honest, Rob, I think out of all the teams in Super League, I think with the resources we've got, I think we're head and shoulders above a lot of clubs. Mm. I really do. I think the, the work we do is absolutely fantastic. And I, I've seen... Loads and loads of youngsters coming to the matches recently and I walk quite a long way to the games and the amount of kids that you do see going and chatting to the parents and that, I think it's great. I think we've really seen an uptake on it and I think you've just got to look at the attendances as well. I know they're not huge, but they're, they're improving. Yeah, you know, they, I think... They, they, the crowds are going up. You know, for the corresponding fixtures last year, mm. I don't think we get anywhere near 4,700 against Huddersfield last season. I think Huddersfield, given the due, they brought quite a few supporters on Sunday, but the, the home fans, I think, are really getting into it. There's, there's a lot of kids going to the games now, and, and that's good, you know, for the future. 
yeah, they have that match day experience, don't we? That that's the important thing. We're kind of working on that. We've got the music and the getter blasters. We've got the the bars. We've got the food outlets. We've got ladies playing on the outside pitches. We've got things going on rather than just go to the game, watch the game, come home again. Because we, we've talked about it before, haven't we, where it becomes, it needs to be more of an event, don't it, rather than just play your match and go home. And that's and that's the important thing, I think, really. There is to be made. We're not the finished article, but we are going in the right direction. Yeah, they certainly are. I mean, give a shout out to Lee Leopards, can't you? Because I think uh, we'll be going there Saturday and, you look at what they've done this season. I can only speak of the match we went to on mm. the opening night. It was a fantastic event, and I've seen bits of them on the telly. They've had they've had like live bands and famous people there every week, and obviously that's cost them money. But they really have speculated, and you know credit to the the Derek Beaumont who who puts money in there, doesn't he? And and they they've seen their crowds go right up now, so they're doing the right thing. Well, obviously, we're we're not wash we like loads of money to be getting blooming to power on and people and scouting <laughs> for girls and people like that. So, but but for, but what we are doing, like you said, is making it into an event and making it into like a carnival atmosphere before the game, and that's what it's like when you you sort of roll up there at the front. There was there was a bus there the other week mm-hmm. with a bar on it and things like that. So yeah, and I mean in the summer last season, for example, we had some really hot days, didn't we? In the summer, I can remember us beating Catalan at home and the Huddersfield game at home, St Helens at home. We had some great days, and you know the sun was out. At, the ground there and yeah it might be a bit windy there and a bit chilly in the winter but if you get a hot day there it's lovely it really is a you know lovely to be part of so let's hope we get some more days like that throughout the season yep let's move on ryan lannan has signed for halifax for an undisclosed fee obviously left us after 11 years at salford came to us in 2012 through our academy system debuted in 2015 it's been a real star walk for us through the years yeah, he left for a while, didn't he? Went to Old Car for a yeah. bit and then came back. So I can remember uh, Ryan playing, I'm sure it was Old Car away when he came on re- a number, good number of years ago. He was playing towards the back end of the season. I'm sure he made his debut around about that time. And Yeah, a really, really good young player. And um, really shame to see him go, to be honest with you, Rob. He's not really had a smell in this season. He's not played any of the friendlies, he's not played any of the matches. So. I don't know why, but he's a real character as well around the squad and he's aggressive and he's, he's always given 100%. So I'll be disappointed to see him go. I really will because when a player's been around that, that sort of long, they become part of the club, don't they? It's a bit like when Niall Evers left to go to Castleford. You, you just associate him with the club because they've been there that long. And I think, you know, Ryan's from that sort of school, isn't he? So yeah, disappointing to see him go. But, you know, Halifax have gained a, a really decent lad there. And they're a club on the up at the moment, aren't they? Dan Murray's there as well. So Halifax, so I'm sure they'll be reunited with him. And, uh, and they're doing well in the championship. Mm. 104 appearances, 11 tries for Salford. Like you said, two stints. I always thought it was great. I think it was on the edge. As an edge runner, he was he was quick, and and you don't really get quick forwards very often, do you? And I, I thought, you know, memories of of him scoring against Warrington from forty meters from an edge will stick in the memory. But yeah, you know, he, he's come through our system, and he's what he's one of our own. We wish him all the best, and like you say, he did a good stint for us. Worked hard. Um, obviously, wish him well at Halifax. Yeah, good luck, good luck, Ryan. Yeah. So, other news, there is another Red Devils Foundation rugby session being held for primary school girls. It's on the 18th of April. It's being held at Langwithy Reds and Caddy Z Rhinos from 6 till 7. 
So it's great, obviously, you know, we're, we're really sort of trying to get this ladies and girls rugby going to try and build a, a pathway into our ladies team. Yeah, I was reading about that. I think that's been held in a lot of the schools, isn't it, in the Northwest? And mm-hmm. uh, I think it's great. It's a great, great story, that. And I saw the mascot that they've got, the, the rugby. It looked really good. So, uh, yeah, I think that'd be great, that, to get more more girls involved in, in the sport from a young age and get them playing. And especially start playing it in schools as well. I think that, that's, that's wonderful news. Yep. So if you've got a, a girl who wants to get involved in that, contact james.molyneux at salfordcc.ac.uk. And if, if you have a, a girl who's between under 13 and under 15s, 17th of May to the 5th of July, there's three sort of rugby training sessions being run. One at Salford City Roosters, one at St. Peter's Roman Catholic school and one at blessed thomas in trafford Salford city roost is six till seven saint peter roman catholic at four till five and blessed thomas trafford is from four thirty to five thirty, which is great obviously the club are involved in that I think is it Demi jones and brogan evans involved in helping the kids train so that's that's good news as well yeah it certainly is yeah the girls can see in real life can't they what what these ladies can achieve, you know, playing for, for Salford, uh, Salford's ladies team. So uh, I'm all for this. I think it's great and uh, should be a great summer, you know, getting uh, more and more kids involved, more and more youngsters involved, more and more ladies involved. Yeah. Uh, Canazzi Rhinos is, is doing their touch rugby now at Lord Street. I think it's on a Monday, 7 till 8. Obviously, we talk about the different forms of rugby you can play now. Uh, touch rugby, wheelchair rugby. It's, it's, it's rugby for everyone. Is the walking rugby as well? Walking I've, rugby as well. I've heard yeah. that, yeah, walking rugby. John Blackburn's trying to get yeah. me down for doing that. What, I think he did ask you about that. Um, well, he's probably asking you because you're about eight foot tall and your stride pattern <laughs> will be bigger than not, everyone else's. Not because my back and knees are gone. I well. can walk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Often. No, but the more people that get involved in the sport, Rob, like we were saying before, the community feel at Salford and I think over the last couple of years has been absolutely outstanding and I just mentioned it briefly before about what we do in, in the community and especially with this IMG thing and what have you I think they need to take a close look at Salford and what we've got as a staff I think is absolutely remarkable I think what the foundation do all, all a lot of unrewarded work me and Parky were going on about the other week weren't we singing the praise and I'll sing it again because I think what they do is outstanding in the community yeah, obviously with the the IMG, there's, is there something broke today? They've changed the, have they changed the, the thing slightly about the community stuff? Yeah. The catchment, it is the catchment category has re, re, been renamed community. And when the points under proposed model of clubs, positive impact in the communities in which the sport is based and played. So they're, they're kind of tinkering a little bit with this C proposals. I suppose they've had contact with the club, haven't they? The clubs, haven't yeah. they, recently? So they probably had a bit of a chat and decided to bend the rules a little bit to, to help, hopefully help them out. Don't think I was on when Park had his uh, IMG ramp, was it? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> well, I've got my own feelings on it, but you could do an old show on that, so I'll... I'll, I'll leave it. Are you going to leave it tonight, or are you, are you, are you going to go? Um, no, well, I'll give you my opinion if you like. Go on. Um, right, I think sport is difficult to to be measured by. I'll just tell you briefly by by what they're trying to tell us because 
we, it's not like a, a board game, rugby league. It's a sport, the same as football is a sport and, and things like that. So you're always going to have a team at the bottom. You're always going to have a team that's got less crowd than others. There's always going to be the haves and who have nots. And I think what they're trying to do is he's trying to even it all out. And it, and it doesn't work like that. It's, it's a very, very complicated sport. It's very, very complex. So I think when you're looking at giving points for things and that, I don't know. You, you're, you're in danger of sort of brushing teams away and, and I don't know how you can ever sort of parachute teams into big cities and things like that. Make it sound good, but the logistics of it, it's very, very difficult. So we'll have to just watch how it all works out. But I didn't really agree with the point scoring system. I think you know, we look at it, I think on, on the field should be the main one. On the field, your performance on the field is sport, for God's sake. You're not you're not playing Monopoly where, oh, I've got more money than him, so I've won. That's not how it works. It's got to be on the field. Uh, but there's there's an awful lot of mitigation in it as well, I think, and, and things that are going to go on. So it's a bit like, you know, they say there's a few things in life at the moment, like electric cars and things like, oh, we're going to, we're going to do this by 2030. Yeah. In my in my field at the moment, doing boilers, it's right. We're going to get rid of gas by 2030, so it's going to be on hydrogen. All right, okay. Well, how's that going to work? And then now they're saying, uh, well, maybe maybe 2040. So they're pushing it back 10 years now because they've not thought it through. It's a bit mm. like electric cars. The infrastructure is not quite there yet, Correct. so you can't run before you can walk. So I'm probably waffling on a bit here, but what I'm trying to say is, is the infrastructure in place yet for this IMG thing? So are the clubs taking it seriously? You know, you can't do all this before teams are ready. So I probably used a bad example using electric cars and hydrogen boilers, but you know where I'm coming from, don't you? So uh, Yeah, that... I thought they were brilliant examples, really, because like you said, really, what this is, is about standards, isn't it? It's about saying yeah. to clubs, right? You can't sleepwalk through the next 30 years, right? Just doing enough to keep you in the Super League. What we're going to do, we're going to continuously raise the bar to say to you, are you doing enough for Rugby League? Are you doing enough for Rugby League in Super League to guarantee your place? And I have I have no doubt, Salford point of view, we are doing loads. We are going 70 mile an hour here just just because of where we find ourselves you know with the situation that we're in it's all hands to the pump and it always has been but now we've got the right people in the right places doing the right stuff so we are in pole position i think for this img thing other clubs maybe just relying on having a big crowd because they're their only team in the city and they just think it doesn't matter what we do because eight thousand people are going to turn up regardless and that's not what rugby league should be if we want to grow the sport everybody needs to be pushing themselves to get better yeah nail on the head i mean that that's exactly what the point i was trying to make really i do i do struggle to try and make points sometimes i know what i'm trying to say and i, and I struggle to get get it out and, and that's what i meant I, th- I don't think you should be jettisoned just because you're not getting 10 15 000 people watching mm. you i think what the dmg should say is blimey that's all for they're doing loads in the community yeah they only get five thousand or four and a half thousand watching every week but blimey the whole community is involved and they're giving opportunities to everybody and i think that's what should be brought in you shouldn't be cast aside just because you're not getting ten thousand people so it's like in football i mean i think 
we're recording this, what, Wednesday night, Man United are playing Brentford tonight in football. You look at the, the difference between those two clubs, it's absolutely vast. You know, United will get 70,000 on a Saturday, Brentford might get 15,000. The money at Manchester United is through the roof. I mean, you go all around the world, people have Man United kits on, they want a Brentford kits on, but Brentford is still allowed in the Premier League and that's how it should be. And I don't want rugby league to be, um, your crowds are rubbish, you're not in. Uh, we'll have a team in Cardiff because we've got a big city there. We'll have a team here because there's a big city there and there's loads of money. It shouldn't be about that. It should be about the community and history. and There should be all sorts of things involved in it. But you shouldn't just be cast aside just because you're not getting a, a huge crowd and you've got a big backer and loads of money. Mm. And I also think little things like what's your social media presence? That's uh, you could You could just pay a social media company to give you 25,000 bots and just add that on top of what you've what you've got on your on your twitter and then anyone looking at it will think well they've got 125,000 fans when really they haven't so I don't I don't see that so the way they say oh yeah we need to make sure that we need to have a a big screen at every game I do agree we need to have a big screen at every game but I don't think it's up to the clubs to fund that I think the art of the super league should say we're going to get you a screen and give you a screen to manage rather than us having to find the funds to get one. Because obviously we need Super League to be a fair playing field, don't we? And yeah. we know games are refereed different when they are on, on TV than they are when they're not. So if everybody yeah, has right. a screen, hopefully if it gets refereed the same way and us fans can actually look at a decision again and say, oh yeah, that is why it gave that decision. Because a lot of times, I mean, we've got, RDTV now, which is which is fantastic. So every time there's a decision, you think to yourself, "Wonder why he gave that." You could just pop on RDTV, watch the match, and rewind it, fast forward it, rewind it, fast forward it, and see, and then see whether he made the right decision or not. But yeah, I, I think it's it's important that all clubs, like you say, want to achieve and want to sort of push the sport forward. But I do believe that Super League do need to do what they need to do, which is provide things like screens to uh, the teams. Yeah, I think you, you're spot on there. I think that's always been the case that for me with, with the big screen and, and things like that. Like, how can you have a big screen at just one game? You know, Sky first started doing it. You've got one game on the telly on the Friday night and the rest of the games haven't got a screen in it. It's just like, well, it's not a level playing field, is it? It's like, it, it, it's got to be the same every game, hasn't it? Surely to, to God, to, to make the game... You know, right, and there can't be the situations where you've not got them. So, for me, even if you don't have a big screen there, have a video ref there that's got a monitor because you can't, you cannot have one game without a video ref and one game with. For me, it doesn't, yeah, I'd rather have them all the games. To be, to be honest, Rob, if it was me, I'd ditch it. I'd just get rid of it and just leave it, just leave it to the referee and just let him make a decision because 20, 30, 40 years ago when we first started watching the game, we didn't have big screens then. And was the game any worse than it is now? Was there loads of controversial decisions? Did loads of teams win things where they shouldn't have won because it was terrible decisions? So I don't think the decisions were that bad anyway. So, yeah, it's all right that you have them and, and all that. But if you are going to have them, like you said, you've got to have the, the technology at each game and, and make it you know fair and, and level. And I think another thing referees need to do, I mean, I've, I've got no axe to grind against referees at all I mean I never really slag referees off I don't on my videos I might have said the odd thing but I'd never berate a referee because it's a tough job but uh, one thing I would say is that they should do is when they do make some decisions 
let the crowd know what you've you've, you've done mm. because a lot of the time they don't signal what it's for or there'll be a six again. Nobody knows what it's for. Can we just have a bit more where you can tell us what it is a bit more because you know there's a lot of grey areas and perhaps even at the end of the game, perhaps Sky should interview a referee and say, oh, how do you think you went today? What did you make that decision for? And just the humans, Rob, I think people respect them a lot more if they, if they, if they came across and were a bit more grounded and sort of said, yeah, I, I, perhaps I didn't get that wrong today mm. or I didn't see that or, or whatever. I think we'd be able to relate to them a lot more than what we do. Yeah, I think Mike, you know what would be a good idea? Just so like you say, they can say to the crowd, penalty, Salford, because this happened. But my only worry would be if the ref forgets to turn off the mic and then you hear him <laughs> running around. <laughs> that might be something. But then I, I also think the point you make about sort of interviewing referees after the game is a bit, it's dangerous that because say they do make a mistake, right? You then the interviewer then goes to the referee and says, "Watch this monitor. What what went wrong there?" And the, all he can basically say is, "From where I was stood, I think it was the right decision, whether it was right or wrong." Yeah, and yeah, I, don't, I just so, I think yeah. that might put potential referees off if they after if they are basically hung out to dry if they make a bad decision. Well, you're human, aren't you, Rob? You're human like everybody else. It's like, say, a player knocks the ball on with a line begging and they lose the cup final. You don't get paid to drop the ball. You get paid to catch the ball and score, don't you? And It's a human error. It's a mistake, isn't it? And everybody's going to make mistakes and they will do till the next hundred years, won't they? So, yeah, I mean, perhaps it's a bit of a daft idea to interview referees. Nobody wants to hear what a referee's got to say. Well, you feel but... But no, what I'm, what I'm trying to say is it's, it's a tough job. It is difficult. I mean, even with the, the video replay now, how many times do you like watch a game on a on Sky on a Friday night when you were Salford out playing? There'll be another game where I'll sit there and watch it and think, God, he's gone to the big screen there. I can't see the ball. There's loads of people in the way. How do you make a decision? Yeah. And, and you have this like on-field decision of try, and then the video referee is looking at it and going, well, he said, on, he said try on the field. I can't see anything. I mean, it might not be a try, but I'll have to go with what he said because. Mm. So there's 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 a lot of things like that in there, I suppose, and it's difficult to get to the right decision. I think he's the referee. There is kind of hoping that there's a camera angle to pick yeah. it up because obviously in that situation where there's just bodies all over. I remember watching watching like an Australian game. I think it was it last Friday or the Friday before where they have a camera in the corner flag. Or something, and the player reached over to you know to score, but somebody sort of took the flag out, so there was no camera to see. So they had to find another angle to try and sort of ground, you know, see if he grounded it or not. Mm. Uh, which is a thing. Obviously, they've got a lot more cameras, got a bigger budget, I suppose, with what cameras they've got available to them. But yeah, I, I think rugby league and sport it's just it's too big now not to have it because teams can be relegated people can lose jobs on a human error it would be bad i think if that happened just speaking about australia as well i mean i don't i don't like slagging off this this the rugby league over here but I, i've watched <laughs> quite a lot of nrl recently and it's fantastic it's a, I, I saw the game the other week it was penrith i don't know if i saw, both about this on the podcast and um they were losing and the, the viewers will remember it. Nathan Cleary, I keep calling him Ivan Cleary's dad. Nathan Cleary kicks for touch for a penalty. 
nails it on the 40 yard. He knows exactly what he's going to do. Gets the ball back, pings it over. Did you see it? The drop from two point yeah, drop goal from an angle. The game. Oh, and I thought he's absolutely. I was just sat there on the end of my couch because I didn't know the score. And then obviously, I think it was Parramatta went down the other end and dropped a goal and won the game. So all the good work he'd done was null and void anyway, sort of thing. But I just thought it was brilliant because the commentary team and the people who were, who were doing it the whole game. They just were so positive all the way through, and they were just painting this picture of this fantastic. The light, even the lighting in the ground was, it was just all shiny. The pitch, the oh, it was just brilliant. And then I turned my telly on Friday night to watch Sky, and it was like, it's like a knockabout. They were all like taking a mic here, and just made it sound negative. And I thought, why do we sort of highlight all the mistakes and highlight this and highlight that? Let's let's say what how great that was and how great this was. And Australians do that really well, and mm. I listen to a lot of their bit sad me i listen to a lot of their commentary at work uh, the radio commentary you can get on your phone i'll be driving about and if i'm doing my job and i can listen to aussie rugby commentary and it's there's a guy called andrew moore who does a commentary listen to it it's absolutely brilliant some of the stuff he says his one-liners and that and i think we need to take a leaf out of their book i mean when vossi came over here for i know i'm monologuing a bit now when vossi came over for the world cup i just thought he was a breath of fresh air i just thought he was absolutely brilliant and then we go back to our stuff and it's so uh, I try and keep positive when I do my little reports and that. I think it's the best way I think to be positive and happy and highlight what's good about the sport yeah I've said that before on the on this podcast that yeah the Australians have it right promote the positives and even if they, they look like they could be a knock-on or just some debate they just wash over it and just yeah. talk about how great the try was when before we'd be like our, our rugby league commentary team move it. Well did he knock on there? Was he offside? When Australia talking about how fantastic the, the move was and how athletic the, the guy diving over the line was and it paints a picture like you said, it's, it's all about painting pictures in it. And I think that's what rugby league fails to do a lot of the time. I go back to the million pound miracle where Gaz O'Brien drops a goal from fifty yards out after what two tries in, in two minutes. But all what was talked about was two fans clashing after the match when really rugby league that was a moment for rugby league to say this is unbelievable sport and it just failed to take that opportunity it, it decided to focus on the negative and that and that is why we are where we are we need a, a sea change really on on how we promote both players clubs and sport you shouldn't have asked me about that IMG, should you? Well, I think we'd have <laughs> a good chat about IMG it. And we've ended up putting the rugby league world to mark somewhere. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, we should do a show on that. I mean, I listened to Parky when he spoke about it, and I think some of the, I think us three, we all sort of think the same way, don't we? And we believe in the sport, don't we? I don't think we just solve for supporters. We are rugby league people, aren't we? And a lot of people in rugby league are like that. You don't just follow your team, you follow the sport. And I think you look out for the sport and you want the sport to do well, don't you? And perhaps football's a bit more tribal, but rugby league, I think it is a family sport, isn't it? And you just want the sport to, to succeed and because it's such a great sport and such a great spectacle I mean I'm just I've just been sat in my van today doing the, the world of rugby league when I got a minute and I was looking at all the fixtures for Easter and it's it's a proper feast of rugby league I'm hoping if I can to get to the Hornets against Oldham on Good Friday on Good Friday night you know just to take an extra game in so it's an exciting time isn't it and yeah let, let's get behind this great sport we've got yeah talk about Whiteside World of Rugby League here it is now
Right, well, here is this week's Devil in the Detail amateur report and World of Rugby League. We'll start off with the reserves this week. It was a reserve round three. Got the results for you. Salford were beaten 38 points to 28 at Bradford Bulls. They were trailing 20 points to 8 at half time. Jack Stevens scoring uh, four. Four goals out of five, and the tries came from Charnock, Unsworth, Egan, Connell and Hutchins, but Salford going down 38 points to 28. The other results, St. Helens 50, Wakefield 20, Newcastle Thunder 10, Castleford 26, Warrington 10, Hull FC 60, and London Broncos 4, Huddersfield Giants 74. In the North West Men's League, Division 1, Saturday the 1st of April, Caddies at Rhino 6, that's Oheath Crusaders A28, Folly Lane beat West Hart and Lions by 46 points to 18, Wigan St. Cuthbert's 42, Salford City Roosters 18, they were all Division 1 results. In Division 3, clock face charges A22, Langworthy Reds 28, and Rochdale Hornets 6, Higginshaw 22. There's no fixtures this week uh, in those leagues due to the, uh, the Easter holidays. In the French Rugby League, uh, Elite 1, Results from uh, last week, there's one result, it was Villeneuve 25, Toulouse 24, and there's two matches this weekend on Sunday the April the 9th in the Coupe de France semi-finals. It's Avignon against Carcassonne and Albi against Limoux. Moving on to the North West, sorry, National Conference Leagues. Uh, Rochdale and obviously in, uh, in Challenge Cup action. So we've got results from Division 2. East Leeds nil, Waterhead Warriors 56. Waterhead Warriors continuing their great start to the season. Also in Division 2, Saddleworth Rangers, they were beaten against Shawcross Sharks by 32 points to 12. In Division 3, Bentley 12, Oldham St. Anne's 28. There's no fixtures involving our local sides this weekend, but the Division 2 table looked good for Waterhead Warriors. They're top of the shop with uh, four wins from four matches, 172 points scored as well. Oldham St. Anne's sit third in Division 3 with three wins from four games. Rochdale Mayfield have won two from their first three games, and Saddleworth Rangers are two wins and two losses. We'll turn our attention now to the North West Youth Leagues, the under-18s on Sunday. It was Waterhead Warriors 34, Lee Minor Rangers 10 in the Premier Division. In Division 1, Rochdale Mayfield 32, Salworth Rangers 10. In the under-16s Premier Division, Rochdale Mayfield 30, Wigan St. Jude's 10. Division 1, Folly Lane 44, Wigan St. Pat's 4. Uh, Division 2 of the under-16s, Pilkington Rex 22, West Horton Lions 24. There are no results uh, received, uh, no fixtures sorry, this weekend because of the Easter holidays. Well, it was round five in the NRL weekend just gone. Some cracking matches again. Penrith Panthers, they got back to winning ways. They won away from home against Canberra Raiders by 53 points to 12. South Sydney Rabbitohs, 10. Melbourne Storm, 18. A big win for Melbourne Storm after uh, a couple of tricky weeks. Sydney Roosters, 28. Parramatta Rails, 20. Manly Seagulls, 32. Newcastle Knights, 32. St. George Illawarra Dragons, 38. The Dolphins, 12. Brisbane Broncos, 46. West Tigers, 12. Cronulla Sharks, 30. New Zealand Warriors, 32. And Canterbury Bulldog 15, North Queensland Cowboys 14. Some great games there. So the fixtures for this week on Sky Telly on Thursday, 10.50, it's Melbourne Storm against Sydney Roosters. On Friday, Canterbury Bulldogs face South Sydney Rabbitohs and North Queensland face the Dolphins. On That's Friday the 7th. On Saturday, the 8th of April, it's uh, the Sky Telly game. It's half past eight in the morning. It's Penrith Panthers against Manly Seagulls. Brisbane Broncos face Canberra at 10.35. There's two matches on Sunday. Gold Coast Titans against St. George Illinois. Warra Dragons at 5 past 7 and the televised game is at quarter past 9 between Newcastle Knights and New Zealand Warriors and there's one game on Monday between the West Tigers and the Parramatta Reels. So Brisbane Broncos are top of the NRL with 5 wins from 5 matches then it's New Zealand Warriors who've won 4 from 5 then follow Sydney Roosters who've won 3 from 4. West Tigers stay bottom they're still to register a win with 5 defeats so far this season. 
We'll turn our attention now to domestic things and it was the Challenge Cup round four. I'll give you the results of this. There was a big result for Dewsbury Rams. They beat Widnes Vikings who were in the division, division above them but they won that by 32 points to 12. So a big win for Dewsbury. They've won four from four in the Betford League one as well. They're going to take some stopping this season. Paul Sykes kicked six from six and I think he's older than me. He's <laughs> about 40 but what a legend of the game he is. What a great uh, a great talisman. He's kicked six from six and uh, Dewsbury Rams are through to round five. Halifax Panthers 24, Barrow Raiders is 18. Halifax led 14-0 at half-time in this one, but hung on in the end. Barrow storming back in the second half, but the Panthers are through to round five as well. Hunslet Amateur Rugby League Football Club 6, Batley Bulldogs 80. That was played at the Foxes Biscuit Stadium on Sunday. Keith Lee Cougars 36, North Wales Crusaders 14. London Broncos 66, Doncaster 16. Midlands Hurricanes 18, Bradford Bulls 66. Rochdale Mayfield 12, Newcastle Thunder 22. Got to get, tip our hats to Rochdale Mayfield of the National Conference League. They uh, did really well in that game they took a lead against Newcastle Thunder with an early score but uh, Newcastle just too strong in that match there scoring uh, scoring four tries uh, to Mayfield's two but uh, but a great performance from uh, Rochdale Mayfield York City Knights or York Knights keep calling them York City Knights York Knights have dropped the city out of it I think uh, they won 24-22 against Sheffield the Eagles Chris Wellham scoring a try for the Eagles but just not quite enough for them in that game so New York uh, could progress to the next round in the Super League it was round seven Catalan Dragons 22 Castleford Tigers 18 really tight game there in that one a late try from uh, Mike McMeekin winning the game for the Dragons Hulkingston Rovers 20 Lee Rhinos 12 Lee Leopard 6 Wigan Warriors 34 Salford 16 Huddersfield 26 St Helens 38 Wakefield Trinity 0 and Warrington Wolves 34 Hull FC 6 so the league table the Super League at the moment Warrington are top 7 from 7 and then it's Catalan Dragons who've won 6 from 7 then follow Wigan Saints Hull KR and Huddersfield Wakefield are still bottom 7 defeats from 7 matches in the Champions Featherstone stayed top seven from seven with Toulouse in second place along with Sheffield Eagles and as I said before Juby Rams are top of Betfred League One. The fixtures then for Easter Casford Tigers face Wakefield Trinity on television on Thursday night on Friday there's two fixtures in the Super League both on Sky Television Hull FC against Hulkingston Rovers at 12.30 and then Wigan against St Helens at 3 o'clock in the Betfred Championship uh, three o'clock games are Barrow against Whitehaven on Good Friday, Batley Bulldogs against Featherstone's half three, Newcastle Thunder against Sheffield Eagles at three, Swinton Lions face Witness Vikings, and there's two evening games Toulouse Olympic against London Broncos at five o'clock, and York Knights against Keith Lacoos at half past seven. In Betfred League One on Good Friday, Dewsbury play Hunslet at three, Working the Town play North. Wales Crusades at three and Oldham play Rochdale in the Derby at half past seven on Saturday Catalan Dragons face Warrington on the television at five o'clock and Lee Leopards face Salford on the television at half past two there's a bet for a league one game on Saturday as well between Cornwall and Doncaster on Sunday Leeds Rhinos face Huddersfield Giants in the Super League that is on Sky Television and there's one match on Monday the 10th of April uh, this is on via play at quarter to eight it's Halifax Panthers against Bradford Bulls so that's all I've got for you this week take care have a good week enjoy the uh, Easter festival of rugby league if you get a chance to watch any of it especially Good Friday there's two cracking games there Hull and uh, Hull KR and Wigan and Saints you can sit down and watch them all afternoon and then you've got Salford on the, on the Saturday as well so take care I shall see you at the Lee Sports Village on Saturday afternoon for Lee Lappards against Salford Red Devils. So that was Whiteside's World Rugby League and now we'll look forward to the Lee Leopards game on Saturday. It's time for the Devil of the Details. So Salford travel 
to Lee on Saturday. Second time they've travelled to Lee this season after being victorious in the first game of the season, Paul. Um, obviously, different circumstances now. A few bodies missing. Uh, it's going to be tough. It is going to be tough, yeah. And Lee, have, uh, they've not done too bad. I mean, I said to Paul Rowling in the interview that they improved and he disagreed with me, but I think they have. I think they've done all right. I think they've had two good wins away from home. They've won at Hulk and Hulk. And that's tough to go to both Hull clubs and, and get results. And they beat St. Helens. I think they've had some hard games. Well, they've been to Catalans away and they were unlucky. They went to Warrington and weren't absolutely hammered. They played Wigan and Saints at home and won one of them. So they've had, a, they've had a real baptism of fire and a tough start to the season. They've got three victories out of the seven games. So, yeah, I think they'll be battle-hardened now going into this game. They've got used to the pace of Super League. And I don't think, like Paul Rowley said, I don't think they were a million miles off us in round one, but it was a tight game. So I think this one will be tight. I don't think we'll we'll come away from this hammeringly. I think it'll be a really close game on Saturday. They're going to throw the kitchen sink at us. They've got a bit of confidence now. I'm sure there's going to be another crowd, good crowd there. I don't know what music they've got on this week. What band have they got on this weekend, have they said? I think I've Paul got... Rowley mentioned uh, an Elvis impersonator. Right. Um, so much love forward oh. to. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll be getting there early on Saturday then for that. So uh, <laughs> Yeah, so they'll be throwing the kitchen sink at us, won't they? And, you know, it's a, it's a derby game as well, so I'm expecting a really tough game. And I suppose, you know, as we're recording the, the squad yet for the, for the match, we don't know if there's anybody coming back or not. So, uh, so no, I think I think we should have enough to get the result, but I think it's going to be a really tough game. Yeah, there's an Elvis impersonator and a Robert Williams impersonator. Right, right. so it's a lot Yeah, yeah, definitely. Elvis v Robert. On the big stage, which is, you know, I like them both. Good. Some bangers, both of them produce some bangers. Yeah, I think you've got to give Lee an awful lot of credit this season. I think they've really they've really sold it to the town, haven't they? And the, the town are getting behind them. And I think it's great. I mean, I, in a way, I hope they stay up this season. I hope they do well. And I don't want them to finish near the bottom. I hope we finish above them. But I think it's good for them. I think it's good to have a good competitive team in Lee. They're a, they're a good name in the sport. They've got an awful lot of history as well. So it's good to see teams doing well. I like all that. You know, a side comes up, they're getting big crowds. There's a real buzz around the place, and that's that's positive for me. So as long as we get the result on uh, on Saturday, that that's the main thing. But it should be great. It should be a great atmosphere. It's an Easter game. There's going to be a big crowd there, and you know what more can you ask for? You know, decent weather as well, hopefully, and the two sides are going to bash the hell out of each other. So it should be a cracking match. Yeah, Zach Hardacre, Lachlan Lamb, two danger men for me. I think Gaz O'Brien. He got an, an head banged in it last week, so I don't know whether he'll be fit or not but we'll have to wait and see I suppose No he got clouted against Wigan didn't he so I don't mm. think he'll be playing I think he's uh, he's out is it for 10 days now for the mm. protocol so I don't think Gaz O'Brien will be playing uh, One player I've, I've seen in the Lee squad recently who uh, I forgot he signed for Lee was Ben Nakabuai yeah. he played against Wigan as well it's good to see Ben playing so I liked him at Salford but they've got some they've got an all round good squad you look at Josh Charnley there he's got lots of pace Sakade as you mentioned Briscoe the other winger I mean Lachlan Lamb has been very, very impressive. He's really, really quick, isn't he? And uh, the uh, hooker, Edwin Apape, mm. I'm very, very impressed with him. And they've got a decent pack as well. They've got a really good competitive squad. So uh, they've proved it, Rob, with the wins that they've had. You know, winning away from home at both whole clubs and winning well, you know, winning well in those games and beating Saints. And the other games they've played in, they've not been a million miles. Have they? They've not been 
like a few times when Lee have been in the Super League, they've been the whipping boys, haven't they? Whereas now they, they seem a lot tougher to beat. So, um, so yeah, Saturday's going to be. It's going to be. You're going to ask me for a prediction soon, and I'm, I don't know. I've, I've not really thought yet, to be honest, about my prediction. But I think it's going to be tough. I'm going to ask you about the weather first, though. Yeah, well, it's been lovely, hasn't it, this week, Monday, mm. Tuesday. It was really sunny, and then Wednesday, it's it's not been so clever. It's I've been all over the place on Wednesday, Burnley, Wigan. Where else have I been? Caddy's Head this afternoon. It, I was in Caddy's Head this afternoon. It's just rained all day, so uh, I'm hoping. I was getting it up on my phone now. Yeah. I'm, I'm Maybe in the resident weatherman. We just need you to, to inform our listeners what kind of attire they might need to wear on Saturday. Saturday? Well, this is Oldham, so I, I live in just on the border of Middleton and Oldham and Chatterton. Mm. It's got cloudy, so uh, Manchester, that sort of lee, in it? 15 yeah. and 5 and cloudy, mm. so it's not like it's going to rain, so... Yeah, what is 15, it little jacket? Say, uh, yeah, Kigoo, Winchia, yeah. Okay, yeah. good to know. <laughs> don't, think, don't think you think you're big coat, anyway. No, no, keep the big coat at home. Uh, so, prediction time. What's your your thought process on that? Uh, let's have a look. What I said, I do do the prediction league with the park. You don't. How's it going? That? I was fourth last week. I've dropped down. Apparently, I've had three correct scores this season. You know, where you get the score absolutely bang on. Oh. And I've never had that ever before, and I've had three this season. But I had a really bad week. I think I've dropped back down to tenth now. I think Park is doing all right. I think there's me him and my dad are, are in the top ten. Oh. So we're doing all right at the moment. Yeah. Uh, let me see who I've gone for this week. I've gone for... Look. I've gone for Salford. 26-16 oh. to Salford. Yeah. 26-16. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go Salford to win. I'm going to go Lee 10. Salford 28. 28-10. Ken C.O. Hmm. Yeah, he's, he's, Ken's been a bit quiet so far this season. He's mm. not been his dry bustling self, has he? So it'd be good to see him uh, get over the line. Yeah. So that's the end of another podcast, Paul. Another great show. Just want to say big thanks to all our listeners who have do- donated via the Kofi. That allows us to get programmes and equipment to help your podcast experience be better every week. We're so glad that our listeners put and in their pockets to, to help us improve, Paul. Yeah, spot on. Yeah, thank you to everybody who keeps listening and, uh, and donating and whatever to keep the show going and keep us keep us going. It's excellent to see everybody getting behind us and, and the, the the nice words that you get from people. I know Park he gets he's got his own fan club now, hasn't he? <laughs> so it's so it sells. So uh, yeah, and he does a great job as well. So hopefully we're getting back. Hopefully all three of us can get on the show soon. It's it's been difficult, I think, getting all three of us around the table. Hmm. So uh, maybe next week. Good because because you you both getting famous you see so it's hard to get you both booked <laughs> well i'm always working this so is it that, that's that's my thing there's always someone mind about a boiler or some other but hopefully it'll get it'll get a bit quieter and i was hoping it's going to quieten down this year anyway you know the mm. price of gas but people stop using the boilers and it make make it quieter for me but it seems to be getting worse this is it keeping britain warm that's the big challenge fit for you in 2023 paul yeah. you've come up we've come out of the, the the dark cold period and now with the temperatures going up you know it makes your job easier yeah it, it, it should do hopefully the only problem with us working at backs you know where i work now is I tend to get more miles 
yeah. to do, you know, when because we're not doing as much work, so they give us more travelling to do. But no, I enjoy my job. I enjoy who I work for now. I've I've been there for about eighteen months now, and I absolutely love it. Every day's mint. Yeah, it's tiring without driving and that, but I have a smile on my face again, so that's the good thing. And I and I apologise to the listeners as well because I, I keep forgetting every time I record the World of Rugby League. I have my engine running. No. <laughs> so I'm so sorry. Next week I'll because I always do it at work when I get my break. So next week I'll turn the engine off and it'll be a bit quieter. Sorry. Yeah. I think the reason why he's got a, a smile on his face because he's, he's he's full of coffee with all the Costa coffees he's having on the on the motorway <laughs> stops. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so big thanks for tuning to this week's uh, Devil Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITD SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact, Spotify, and YouTube. See you soon. Devil in